Hello and welcome to the WADFAM Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Acebo. And we are here to talk about episode 367, The Decision. That we are. Oh boy. This... I, do you have any memory of this episode, Dylan? Uh, vague recollection. Zero for me. So there's there's a couple pieces of it where I'm like, ah, yes. Um, but but no, overall, not a not a ton. Um, Andrew, do you do without looking unless you've already looked? Do you, do you know who wrote and directed this episode? I I mean, I'm going to guess Marshall Younger. It is a written and directed by Phil Lawler episode. Oh, that's not surprising. Okay. I mean, this is not a great Connie episode. The the (laughs) not-a-great-Connie episode, I think, is the closest thing to a giveaway that there is. Yeah. But I think, once again, we're kind of in a, like, half-decent streak of... like, Like, I mean, last week was not a... Phil Waller episode. Yeah, that was Dave Arnold and, and and Paul McCusker. But then, like, we're back on the. We had a Phil Waller episode two weeks ago, and we have a Phil Waller episode again this week, and it just feels like, yeah, he I don't know. Hit his stroke a little bit in here. A little bit. Not. I, yeah. I mean, got to give him credit where credits due. That's the unfortunate part of you know having a conscious and spending five years giving a person endless crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like like the, the yeah, this is a pretty good functional episode. Connie's writing is thin, and there's actually like a little anecdote. I I didn't see it in either the official guide or the um or the complete guide, but mm-hmm. there was a note um that came up on the on the wiki, and mm-hmm. they seem to be referencing. So there was an episode called Five Hundred, which is the it's the episode yeah. like right after Exit, I believe. It's the 500th episode of Odyssey, and this is just like a recap behind the scenes kind of episode. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's revealed in that that there was some additional dialogue that Connie had in this episode, oh. um, comparing her situation to a sitcom and just like some stuff that Katie Lee fought to have removed. And they did, Um, which I think is brought up in 500 as like an example of like how the actors have like some ownership over their characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, And we've talked about it before, but it's just like there is like that makes a lot of sense, though, that Phil would write Connie doing something like that. Like that checks out. Right. Like, like, (laughs) yeah, there's a it's fun to hear that like right she had enough control having done this show for almost a decade at this point yeah certainly to be like actually no i don't think we should do that mm-hmm. and then they didn't yeah no that's i mean that's that's actually really cool and i i appreciate their willingness to yeah to to edit and rework things i will say uh the romance between Jack and Joanne in this episode is is pretty Lawler esque in their dialogue. Um, <laughs> I, I can see it there. I can see it there as well. But but it's not terrible, and like it, it's sweet and fun. And uh, you know we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Well, we can we can talk about here because we're doing cast stuff off the top. So we've got we've got the this is the introductory episode for one Joanne Allen, um, hot dog, being voiced by Janet Waldo. 
Um, she had previously been on the show as Lawrence Hodge's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think who's been in an episode we've covered, but if not, uh, like, oh, she know. was in the first one of Aloha Oi. Is she? I know Lawrence is in those episodes. I can't remember if his mom is at all. Yeah, no. But um, regardless, like they had had her on that. They wanted to find her a way to be on the show long term mm-hmm. and wound up writing a Jack Allen love interest character for her. Um, both Alan Young and Janet Waldo had worked together over the years on different really? projects. That's and so, so they cool. already had a incredible chemistry. Yeah, exactly. And and so this is like a yeah, it's an interesting move of the show to go like we have broken up Jason and Tasha. Mm-hmm. We have put on a hold Eugene and Katrina. Yeah. Wit is back. Mm-hmm. I guess we got to come up with another romance pr- plot. Who's available? Yeah, Jack and Joy. Jack. Mm-hmm. So let's let's introduce someone. And you know what? No complaints for me. No, in in all honesty, like, if this relationship, you know, makes the most sense out of all of them just because they are both people that are, you know, in stable points in their lives um, and are looking, they're, they're single and looking for, for romance and such. So the fact that they found each other I mean, is, are they looking? I don't know that they are necessarily... They, were, they weren't running away from the prospect. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. like Jack got terrified when he started to get the butterflies in his yeah, stomach. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've I think we've talked about it before. It's established on the show. Like, Jack has already been married. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He also has a dead wife, um, as characters so cool. in Odyssey are wont to do. Um, yeah, she and- fell down the stairs. <laughs> Oof! <laughs> it is just like a, like. So technically, uh-huh. like, I know that Agnes is not dead, but like, everyone in Odyssey kind like all of the like, Maud is never seen. Agnes yes. is never seen. Yes. Jenny is dead. Yeah. Jack's previous wife, whose name I do not remember is also dead. Uh, yeah, oh, Agnes Emily, is basically dead. Emily. Emily. Emily well, is his like... first wife. But I, It's actually funny that uh, Bart and uh, Do- Doris Rathbone are like... <laughs> yeah, right, at this point in the show, because we don't have a lot of, like, parent characters during this era. Yeah. Like, there's not... Like, we're... We are pre-Straussbergs, we are post-Barclays, we're pre-Washingtons, like, there's just not a lot of, there's not a, a first family of Odyssey at the moment. Mm-hmm. At least not one that comes to mind. Beyond um, the Rathbuns. Right. <laughs> they are always the first family of Odyssey in my mind. Ah, <laughs> uh, in, in your heart. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that kind of, that kind of covers it um context wise i don't know if there's yeah, anything no. else we want to hit on up top no so. it's a, i mean they're, they're all just bangers i mean katie lee will ryan allen young townsend coleman janet walno paul herlinger like <laughs> that those are all really spectacular voice actors coming together here and yeah. uh to have them all together is nice mm-hmm. all right then i'm gonna roll the promo i wonder if the musical match this time <laughs> 
Is it God's call? Or is it a wrong number? Next time on Adventures in Odyssey, Whit ponders an urgent request to go to the mission field. But it's the worst thing that could happen to Connie. And everyone else has their own opinion. Should Whit go or should he stay? And who goes if he doesn't? You figure it out on the next Adventures in Odyssey. If I go, there will be trouble. If I stay... It will be double. <laughs> should I stay or should I go? The question that Wit is entertaining in this episode, lovely. Uh, the the music actually matched the promo <laughs> this time, which is nice. Uh, yeah, shout out to two weeks ago when it did not. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's always always fun and yeah. No, I I I'm excited to cover this episode because I I actually think that I've been I, I'm I'm enjoying it like pretty thoroughly in a way that i didn't think that i would because it's not an episode that i have a whole lot of recollection for yeah the episode begins with uh wit on candid conversations Mm -hmm. um and in classic candid conversations style um connie's talking to the person Mm -hmm. and we get a caller who comes in and reveals something that Connie didn't know, and mm-hmm. she gets upset, and mm-hmm. then the show ends. Yep. And that is really the blueprint for Candid Conversations, set out by the fact that this is the first one. Oh. Huh. It's interesting just how well established it already feels in this episode. Yeah. Where yeah. they don't feel that, like, to Lawler's credit, he doesn't feel the need to, like, set this up in any way. Well, I mean, the title kind of tells the story pretty yeah. well. So it, it does. It, it works. It's a good title. Yeah. It's a great title. Totally worth parodying. Um, yeah, no, I... All right, I, Andrew. I, I think that... Uh, you guys that is to so say funny. About candid commentaries. No, nothing. Not 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 one bit. I think it's a great great title. I think I find it. Don't look at me like you don't believe me. <laughs> I uh-huh. didn't lie. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it, it yeah it it does just it it works here. I yeah, like no, it. it feels like, like it's an existing show. I yep. if you didn't tell me that this was the first episode, there's no way I would have known. Yeah, and that's something that I think, like, Odyssey does pretty well overall, and we've talked about a lot over the years. But Mm. just, like, even though it is a show that has a clear linear progression, Mm. you don't really get screwed over by jumping around in it. Yeah. Um, Which, like, I think is a hard balance to strike, because a lot of children's media goes too far one way and it's just Mm -hmm. like there is no linear progression so nothing ever changes yeah or you can be like more married to your timeline and Mm -hmm. have to like really step through it and then like there are gaps for people who miss episodes and like you can't expect kids to see every episode Mm -hmm. and like this show does a good job of straddling that line i think yeah no i think the the point you make is exactly uh Exactly right. And the fact that they you're making it knowing that they can sell and bundle it as an album. Yeah. Like that they can sell you a chunk of twelve episodes Mm -hmm. does certainly help Mm -hmm. versus like the home media situation for television. Yeah, yeah, that's that is fair. 
and the idea that episodes can be repackaged and have multiple purposes in the way that they've done where it's like oh yes you've got you know we can we can make it so that you know we have a collection of just bible episodes oh, uh, sure. like it's a tw- you know 12 albums of just bible or 12 episodes of just bible episodes but we only put one bible episode per album so you know you can do compilations and all of that like i feel like there's just so much more versatility um for the context in which the episodes can be heard and the stories told yeah yeah interesting and no one should do this (laughs) but i would love the like i would i would be very curious about the podcast that is people who have not heard odyssey truly listening from the beginning to every episode I think it's a terrible idea and nobody should do it. Yeah. But I no. want to know what that experience is because my experience is so like backwards. And yeah. And just all over the place. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it's a weird, like, so it's like a weird thing to be like, oh, right. Jack and Joanne aren't a couple for the first years of the show. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, like even when Jack's introduced, it is two three years later yeah until joanne is introduced and it's like uh-huh. i always think of them as a pair no but yeah. like they function well enough on their own that i don't really question it when she's not there like it's mm-hmm. just yeah it's interesting yeah no they they definitely do a lot of um really cool things with those characters and and i think it's a credit to the chemistry that they have um you know on mic together and and the quality of the voice acting um that's that's being done i think that that makes i think that that can cover a multitude of sins as far as what the writing is doing and making it feel natural and real and and like you said you know they because they've lived in these characters for multiple years they have so much ownership over their perspective and and um how that they how they would interact in, in the world yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, Connie freaks out. <laughs> right, because everyone except for her knew about Wit's potential missions tour, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting thing. They keep referring to it as a missions tour. Is that a thing? I I've, don't know. Like, I understand what they're saying because it's not just a trip to one location. The idea is that he would, like, bounce around and check in on a bunch of places. Yeah. But it's not a phrase I've ever heard. No, certainly. I, I feel like that's... You know, that's like some righteous gemstone stuff, like where you got to be really high up in the churches with a lot of money to get to go on a missions tour, <laughs> where you've got it like bases you need to check, right. and all or you that. have to have founded an encyclopedia company that's Precisely. also a mission, like it's also a missions organization. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna uh, do research for the encyclopedia company while also, you know, doing uh, a quality check on all the depots. <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm um, calling missionaries uh, depots. <laughs> I'm glad for you, I guess. I'm not. No. I don't. <laughs> Please don't be. Um, yeah. And then we do the thing that this show so rarely does, where we cut out on Connie being like, you just got here. How can you leave? Mm-hmm. And then we go to commercial and we yeah. come back on the same line. Yeah. And it is such a common television trope Mm -hmm. in the age of commercials that I just 
Odyssey uses so sparingly, and it was kind of jarring. No, no, it was jarring, and I, I even made note of it when I when I heard it because I was like, oh, huh, I think that was a commercial break. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. And there wasn't even like interstitial or music or anything like that. There wasn't. I don't think there was. Like, yeah, a, there's a little fade out. Yeah, but that's so crazy. Yeah, it is. It is interesting that they don't do that more considering how much they love to play off of the sitcom and the and the tv uh i think it's to their strength and i also think that the fact that they have the home release in mind when they're creating it definitely plays into that yeah okay that would make sense the absolute worst example of this by the way like i don't know there's a lot of bad examples of this but the one that i always will think of is early early days of netflix trying to watch mythbusters oh they always cut out on Mm -hmm. a line yep go to a long cut of like them of the logo yeah then come back in on another different long thing of the logo and then play the line again yeah or yeah yeah i'm trying to think i know mythbusters is terrible about that there's got to be another show yeah i mean like yeah, I so mean reality TV. Yeah, reality TV shows are definitely bad uh, perpetrators of such crimes, and the whole sure, yeah, repeating themselves and oh my yeah, because you got to catch all the people who didn't sit through the commercial, like who who are coming in during the commercial break. Yeah, no, it, it, it does make a certain amount of sense. Certainly, it's it is interesting though because I feel like. All of my favorite shows from childhood are the ones that don't play on that. Like, <laughs> like, like Avatar, The Last Airbender. Like, that is a show that, sure, I guess you could kind of bounce around in, but it is very much a, like, you want to watch it from beginning to end so that it makes sense. Otherwise, sure. you're going to be missing a lot. Yeah. And yeah, you know, those you, shows that came out like right on the cusp of the internet, like yeah. being like a home for video, I feel like really changed that. Because I always think of like Star Wars The Clone Wars with that. Oh, yeah. Where like you would, the episodes would air on television on a Friday night, mm-hmm. and then they would be available on StarWars.com on a Monday. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you had that ability to keep up with the show, even if you weren't. Watching, watching it, live. it live and then the episodes would disappear after three weeks mm. so it wasn't like they were just all there yeah but it was like it was a show that like understood that hey we can actually like establish some continuity and like make that rewarding if we do it mm-hmm. this way yeah interesting i never and re- that's not even a show that had like a ton of continuity like they no no were, it was very like contained story arcs but it built over time mm-hmm. and they like used that to their advantage that there was certainly another medium to be able to deploy this immediately yeah well and to to be able to retain as many people as possible by providing as much information as possible yeah um so yeah obviously connie's upset and she's talking to to wit and um eugene's ups or yeah connie's upset at wit and eugene walks up connie's upset at eugene because eugene knew about this the whole time and never told her and eugene actually like says he's sorry (laughs) which is surprising but also like really good and it makes sense and wit even gives him his props for that which is nice it's a nice little moment of growth for you know both characters and 
and it plays at what you know this this whole episode is trying to get at which is like these characters have continued to grow despite wit being there or not um and so yeah well yeah so like there's there's this like keely is just doing a good job playing upset and there's a point at which yeah wit asks for forgiveness pretty quickly Mm -hmm. in a way that's not like super sincere yeah but like it does acknowledge like the thing that i was thinking which is like i do think wood is kind of in the wrong here like he's like he's like well i didn't tell you because it's not like a done deal and it's like i do kind of think that no you should have looped her in yeah like i don't i don't know that keeping this from her was a good call even if you weren't doing it like super intentionally the fact that you weren't super intentionally roping her in is maybe a bit of a problem yeah Um, i mean you're at the very least her boss like that's yeah very significant right and she also throws out that he's the person who means more to her than anyone else in the world yeah screw her mom i guess that is a (laughs) strong line yeah yeah from a high school girl to to an old man yep yep yeah no there's well, hearing that definitely set off some like grooming alarms in my head. <laughs> Not to say that that's necessarily what was happening, but like, yeah, there was clearly a, uh, yeah, there was extreme language used here, and, and it's not necessarily incorrect or inaccurate to their relationship, but I think it does kind of highlight some of the concerns that therein lie. <laughs> sure. Yep. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is. What? Oh, Wit mentions that someone is coming into town from the missions board to talk to him and name drops that it's Joanne Woodston. And I was like, (gasps) Joanne! You get Joanne now. Yeah. Um, And yeah, then Wit leaves and Connie and Eugene have this exchange um, where Connie is like trying to keep Eugene or keep Wit from leaving. And Eugene's like, no, that's dumb. And like, it is just this weird thing where it's like, Eugene is often played as a more mature character than Connie. Mm-hmm. But for a while there, the fact that Connie was a Christian and Eugene wasn't meant that like in certain areas, they allowed Connie to be more insightful than Eugene. Yeah, exactly. With Eugene becoming a Christian, it does feel like we have lost that. No, uh, yeah. And that and- he's like truly her superior now. Mm-hmm. Even though he is so much newer in his faith than she is. Yeah. Like, it is a bit of a bummer in that regard. Well, and And that varies writer to writer, but... Yeah. I think that it does vary in the sense that, like... Um... Like, when, when Eugene becomes a Christian, obviously, that's when everything with Katrina goes down. And so then his incompetencies in that, you know, in that arena are highlighted. And so Connie steps up to be helpful but i mean even that though is starting prior to him being a christian yeah yeah that's starting him prior prior to him being a christian and also is played for laughs and not really to the sense that connie is actually being a helpful constructive force here right like i'm like is like we're supposed to think connie's dumb we're not supposed to be laughing at connie during this episode yeah I'm correct in that, right? Like, there's not, like, whereas, like, Eugene getting, you know, crashing Katrina's not wedding Uh is a joke. Mm -hmm. Connie trying to stop Wit from leaving doesn't feel like a joke. 
No. It feels like everyone should be sitting there going, wow, Connie, you're so dumb. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 you know, wow, Connie, you are, yeah, you're you're reacting really strongly to something that's not guaranteed, or uh, wow, Connie, you know, you seem to have really strong feelings about with leaving, like, what was it like for him to not be here, you know? Sure. Like, yeah, it's just, it's hard to know what what you as the audience are supposed to find funny and what you are not yeah like if odyssey had a laugh track where would would it punctuate all of connie's lines in this episode oh no no (laughs) it might punctuate jacks though i mean for sure jack's got some bangers um but yeah it's just it's a weird thing there's also there's also in this moment there's a thing there's this audio thing that keeps happening. It happens like three times in this episode, and I can't figure out why. Which it sounds like the play button being pressed on a cassette. I heard that once, and I thought that it was my computer. Like, I, I, yeah, I genuinely thought it was I like my headphones. could not figure it out. And like later, I'm like, maybe it's a car door closing and not like the mm-hmm. cassette button being pressed. But it's just like a weird sound that's dropped at a couple spots. And I'm mm-hmm. like, is this... Connie, like, is this showing her, like, editing the candid conversation while she's having these conversations? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Or, I mean, or could it just be, like, you know, bleed over from the recording process for the episode? Like, could this be unintentional Maybe and just slipped? It seems, it seems loud, but. Yeah. Yeah. I only heard it the once. So. Yeah. If it happened three times, you know. I clocked it three times, but. But yeah, anyways, yeah, it's just a weird sound thing. If anybody knows anything about that, wadfamchuckpod at gmail.com. Please Um, do explain. (laughs) There's mysterious buttons and we're scared. Yeah. And then, right, we kind of go out of this exchange between Connie and Eugene, setting up what the whole point of the episode is going to be on Connie's side, which is we have to make Wit see that we need him. Yeah, yeah. Which is... You know, a fair and understandable response for a teenager to have towards their parent figure leaving. Yep. But there is no real validation or um, engagement with that (laughs) from anybody. Yeah. Also, yes. It's the problem of Odyssey likes to treat Connie as a full-fledged adult, Mm -hmm. but not always write her as one. Yeah. And this is, like, another one of those situations. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, downstairs, uh, Wit is getting Joanne a something something to drink. Um, and Jason's down there as well. And he offers her one of their uh, world-famous lemonades. lemonades. A Wadfam lemonade, <laughs> if, if you will. Um, and... Yeah, she explains that, like, they need to send someone to South America post-haste, that, like, the situation mm-hmm. down there is getting even more dire. And, yeah. like, if we, yeah, like, this Wit there... needs to answer soon mm-hmm. because they've got to fix this problem. Yeah, they said something like uh, they were receiving concerning letters and, like, it doesn't align with our Christian faith or something like that. Correct. Like, I, and, you know, maybe I didn't 
um, put together like who's sending this letter and like what <laughs> yeah i don't know it felt like, it felt very much like are like, they afraid that the missionary is getting converted to like the native religion like no, that was the impression i, I got mm, i took it as way more of like a of like an axe or like one of like paul's letters kind of thing okay. where it's like they need someone to come in and like set their doctrine straight kind yeah. of idea yeah. where it's like oh maybe they're like everyone's getting circumcised and we need to go explain that that's not the thing to do yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Like it felt, it felt very in line with some of the like early epistles okay. kind of idea. That's what, yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense than my I don't know that it makes a lot more sense. I just, yeah. Um, she explains that like the vote for Eugene or for wit to go, um, was a 12 yes, one no secret mm. ballot. Um, and then Wit's like, who was it? And Joanne's like, it was a secret ballot, dummy. Yep. <laughs> like- yes. Yep. So they're they're upstairs talking in the office when uh Jason barges in mm-hmm. and um and we find out that uh Jack followed him up. Mm-hmm. So Jason's clearly losing his spy touch. Yeah, because um, he didn't know that Jack was right behind him. Yep, but Jack has missed the fact that there is an attractive woman in this room. Hubba hubba. And boy, does the production and performances choreograph, like, love at first sight so hard. Oh my god. And I kind of love it. No, I mean, it's it's so cute and, like... There's a music cue and all of their voices kind of start to drift. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they, I mean, it's, it's very... They, they lean into it pretty hard. In a way that, like, in my opinion, would not work if it was with Connie and somebody else or, like, sure. young people. But the fact that it's, like, kind of older people yeah. that, you know, are famously single or whatever in in their late adulthood is, is yeah, it's endearing and it's Jack sweet. Jack is a widower. We don't yeah. know what Joanne's status is at this point. Uh, uh, other I think than she's a single. Div- isn't she a divorcee? Do we find that out? I don't know. We got to keep listening. Keep listening. Yes, thank you, Andrew. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, then Jason's like, well, someone's got to take her to the hotel. Mm-hmm. and Eyebrows, eyebrows. Yeah, and he's just like, I was going to, but I've got something I want to do with my dad real quick. Jack, would you be able to? And Jack, Jack's like, oh, oh, well, no, so he doesn't even, I don't think he asked Jack. I think Jack volunteers. Oh, maybe. <laughs> uh, regardless, it is just... Jason being the absolute best wingman. Oh, yeah. No, he's coming in like, actually, I need to talk to Wit about this, but I was going to do that. And, and yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I I absolutely adore it. I I need a Jason in my life. It's great. I'll, I'll, I can't. I want to try, but I don't think that I could be that suave. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know that I trust you. Hey, have you met Dylan? <laughs> he runs an Adventures and Odyssey podcast. He Great. loves to talk about it. <laughs> yep, that's what my dating profile says. Yep, I mean, that's what it is on Tinder. It's just a his Facebook profile picture and the logo for this podcast. Yep, doing great with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, Jason... Um, Make Dylan <laughs> a Tinder profile, Jock Squad. Great. Yep. Uh huh. Send it to me so I can find it. Nobody knows what my face looks like. I do. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, the, the, the people who I know in real life who listen to this do. Certainly. But I think most people are in the dark. Have you never. 
you never linked your Instagram. Well, I guess you have a private Instagram. Well. I have a private Instagram. My profile picture is not my face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you really don't post pictures of your face much on Instagram either. So like. But I also don't. It's a private Instagram. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter if I would or wouldn't. It's a private Instagram. Yeah. I don't think my face is on my Twitter either. But no, that's. I think that's more. And those are the those are the two places that I'm linked. Speaking of so. which, what about Threads? <laughs> no. No, no Threads for no Dylan. No Threads for Dylan. Aw, that's no fun. I'm not looking for more social media in my life. Yeah, but I tried to kill off Twitter and Reddit at the start of the year, and I keep relapsing, and now they're just gonna kill themselves off. Yeah, yeah, no, the whole no Apollo thing is real rough. It it's really cut down on my Reddit time. This is completely off topic, but it is deeply upsetting. Didn't know you were an Apollo guy. You got me into Apollo. Okay, I'll yeah, take your word for it. You definitely did. That's fun. Yeah, because you said one one once I got the iPhone, like I want to say it was three years ago or so. Four the years two ago. things I was like is like, hey, you have an iPhone now. Use Overcast and use Apollo. Apollo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that does <laughs> check out. <laughs> that was exactly the situation. Because I'm someone who doesn't use an iPhone, and those are the those were like the two things where I was like, I kind of like to have an iPhone for these two things. Yeah, and that's literally it. And uh, now that there's no Apollo, it's just Overcast that's keeping me. <laughs> mm. Love me some Overcast. Not it is quite worth me switching, but like, it's the closest anything is. Yes, certainly, especially at this point. Oh man. Um. So yeah, so Jason hangs around, and he and Wit start talking through some stuff and i mm-hmm. just like had the realization of like this episode is some of the first that we've seen like wit and jason interact mm-hmm. just the two of them and it's like it's kind of a weird father-son dynamic where i'm like i don't know that this entirely feels right it doesn't but <laughs> also but it is like the thing of like they've spent a lot of time away from each other and they are both like wit is so old and jason is such an adult at this point yeah that it's like i kind of get it mm-hmm but but yeah, it is it, it's funny and I yeah and so Connie bursts in mm-hmm. to uh, say that they need to that Wit needs to come down to work on the curly Q nozzle, which yes. is something that was set up in Gone. Yeah, no, I yeah, like that was Jack's whole thing. Is mm-hmm. he came in, and he can make a curly Q without the nozzle. Yeah, he knows how um, to do it, and and Jason just keeps insisting that you know that's not needed and finally just burst out and was like i fixed it like the other day connie yeah come on. yeah yeah it's not necessary that's not i fixed it yeah. two days ago she's like oh well okay and uh does connie say anything else before she leaves or she just i think she just leaves at that point yeah, she just leaves yeah um because then we jump to jack and joanne on their mm-hmm. little rendezvous yes and uh Joanne reveals that, yeah, kind of is just like, a, you know, I'm a big city girl. Mm-hmm. This is like, I didn't ever think I could like a place like this, but mm-hmm. like its charms are winning me over. Yeah. And she's like, and they Loves clearly. Loves the small town vibes. Yeah. And clearly this place matters to wit as well. Mm-hmm. And there are welcome home wit signs everywhere. So she's like, this, like, this can't be easy for him to. To leave. To leave. And she explains then that if. Um, that if he doesn't go, that, like, she's going to, because there's no one else who's, like, qualified and yeah. able to go. Yeah. Um, 
And Jack's like, I hope it's not too forward to say that doesn't sit too well with me. And she's like, it is very forward, but I agree. Yeah, which is so cute. Yes. And, like, I love to see it. Uh, yeah. Very sitcom-y, but, like, oh, so I, I don't know. It's and cute. Then and, and then they're waving goodbye. Yeah. And he, Jack kind of goes, do you have any dinner plans? Yeah, yeah. And Joanne says, yes, you're, you're picking, picking me up, up at seven. seven. It is the hottest thing on this show. Like, please, yes, tell me what to do. Thank mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. I I do make a lot of decisions in my life, and I would like you to make all of them for me if that is uh, possible. Oh man, uh. just like the yeah. I just I love I love the forwardness. I love the familiarity in their relationship it's so, so quickly. Yeah, I it, like the playfulness. I just like this is like in a. The sort of adult relationship that never really gets portrayed. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Just like two, like, not quite elderly, but getting close to it. Yeah. People. Late 50s, early 60s, yep. presumably. Yes. Yeah. Finding each other. And yeah. Falling in love. Yeah, just being enamored with each other's company. And yeah. uh, it's really it's really cute and yep. sweet. And I think it works really well. Um, yes. And you know, and for, if you're listening and want to date me, the trick is uh, be a little forceful. Yeah, no, I think that that is a hundred percent the way to date Dylan. Not that I've ever tried, but <laughs> if you're looking for his co-host's opinion, great, you gotta be uh, you gotta be direct. <laughs> Dylan's a straight shooter. Uh, it is it is a relationship that like does feel very. Um, it feels like somewhat Jason and Tasha as well. Yes. Where yes. I'm like, not that like the particulars have that much mm-hmm. in common, but just like the, yeah, just the, the, the good chemistry and the kind of the way that this relationship is written does harken back to, to that one. And I, I think, I don't know, I think it's interesting to like, they do a good job with Jack because he is such a passive person. Mm. Um, where I'm like, I do like that they still like that. Joanne's thing is not that she bulldozes him. Mm-hmm. Like he still is the one who asks, like, do you have dinner plans? And then she yeah. like very firmly responds like, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. Like you're not like, yes, you're mm-hmm. going to pick me up at seven. Yeah. Um, which is great. But like, it's not it's like not betraying either of their characters. Correct. Correct. And it's not like, yeah, she is. There's a way, there's a, Jack is so passive that it would be easy to write a woman who just kind of runs him over and he mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do in a way that we might see in a later episode in this arc um, <laughs> with a different character. Yeah. But like, yeah. Or even like we saw with uh, freaking, is it Ethel? Is that the one in Novacom that has like a thing for wit? Oh, or yeah. Or post Novacom yeah, against yeah, yeah, Connie yeah. and Mitch era. Yeah. But like, there's... The, yeah, that old, that old, the old lady who, who like aggressively is, hits on correct. Wit. Yes, and I like, I like that this is sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, while still being like somewhat forceful, but mm-hmm. not like aggressive. No, no. Yeah, it's is direct. I, I yeah, yeah, direct. It's, it's direct not, is a way, great way to put it. They're not, you know, like Jack is initially timid, but he's still shooting his shot in in the love at first sight of it all. Like he's he's still going for it. Yeah. And Joanne is, you know, is playful and excited, but she's 
also tender and caring in, in these. And so, yeah, no, yeah. I just think their chemistry works so well. And the fact that they've acted together before this makes this scene makes so much more sense. In, yeah. Like how these actors can have such good chemistry, you know, having not ever been on the show together before. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, we... Uh, we cut back to Wit and Jason, and they're kind of talking about the changes Jason made to the Imagination Station, and Wit's very impressed, and Jason's kind of prodding and like, do you mind all the changes mm-hmm. I've made here? And Wit's like, no, like, I think you've done a great job. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, he doesn't seem to have, have any issue with it. And yeah, it is like, they, yeah, their, their father-son dynamic is weird. It doesn't totally make sense, but... They still have like un- they still have very nice exchanges. Yeah, it's not like I would say that. Like, wait, the- doesn't feel like a mentor to him in any way. Oh, wait, to Jason? Yeah, I mean, should feel like his father, right? <laughs> yeah, but like I feel like I feel like that's like yeah, one okay. of the roles. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that my opinion on the matter was that you know the the. The differences between Hal Smith and Paul Herlinger are, like, the most highlighted in, in their interactions. But they never Town. interacted. Townsend Coleman, Coleman and Hal Smith never, never interacted. interacted. That's right, because he didn't come on to us. Mortal night. Coil, there is a different person playing Jason like, for, yeah. like, half an episode. Yeah. but And isn't it just, like, the voice clips? Or no? No. No, I mean, there's someone in the... in the Like, Jason's in those episodes, but, yeah. like, barely. Um. Yeah, it's just, it, it's an interesting thing where it's like, oh, you have this fully fledged independent character who has, like, like, he and Jack almost have, like, a more father-son relationship during Blackard stuff no, 100%. than, like, what we're getting with Wit and Jason here. And I understand that it's early going, so they're both trying to find their footing and whatever. Yeah. And it's a writing issue more than it's a performance issue. Mm-hmm. But, like, it is just kind of funny. Um, but... But yeah, then uh, you would think that they would have better chemistry than the love at first sight people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that is not the case, and that, that you know yep. that's okay. It's worth noting though. Yep. And then we have right, we have uh, Connie burst in and be like, "Hey, can you tell a Bible story at my Bible study this week or whatever?" And no, isn't this when she's like talk to my friend about? No, that one's later. Oh, that's later. Okay. First is the back. Bible study because yeah. it's Jonah. Yeah, correct. And he's like, well, have you asked Bernard? Like, he's mm-hmm. the one who asks, who everyone asks for these stories these days. Love a little inside baseball there. Yep. And then, like, references that Connie, Jason references yeah. that Connie did a really good one, which is, like, earlier on this album. Oh, the Ruth um, one is on yeah. this album? Okay. Yep. The Three Weddings and a Funeral. Um, And then, yeah. And then we also have, um, yeah, it's just, like, so we've talked throughout this thing about them trying to figure out how and if they were going to keep Wit back in the show. Mm-hmm. What's and like? yeah, and there's there's this idea that like they yeah just weren't quite sure what the chemistry was going to be. They it was they were setting up a way for them to put him back into missions at the end of this mm-hmm. and. Like, that this might be a way for them to, you know, prop up the the value of missionaries and whatever yeah, if they yeah. send their main character to do this. And um, 
and they just yeah kind of had that thing that they could ride for a little bit of like okay um yeah how how are we gonna do this and then they eventually at the end of this episode like decide that it's gonna stay um in large part because of the chemistry Herlinger had with the cast and just the excitement that the writing team had over bringing wit back but so much of this episode in the run up to that feels like them airing aloud mm-hmm. the conversations they're having in the room which is like we have already been functioning without wit for all this time yeah what does he bring that others don't we mm-hmm. have given bernard this role as bible teller we have let connie do that mm-hmm. jason's here to like is handling the invention side mm-hmm. we've established now that jack is staying in town yeah um, when jack is the 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 sage presence yeah yeah, and it's just, like, it's really, like, setting up, like, okay, is there a, like, what are all the reasons that they're arguing about internally as to why or why not to keep wit? Let's have the characters voice those. It's like, um, y- you see Moneyball, right? Yeah. Like, the whole thing where they get rid of their one-star player and they have to make up all the runs and, and on-base stuff just with everybody else, basically. Sure. And they scrape the bottom of the barrel to do that. Yeah. I feel like this episode is very much them... Yeah, the writers reckoning with the fact that they have this incredible ensemble that they created to support their missing main. And now that the main is returned, we don't know what to do with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, and this is something that they will later go on, like that they will later struggle with with Eugene, mm. um, uh, which we've talked about in like Eugene Returns stuff, but we didn't go much past that. But mm. like, that's a big thing when like Will Ryan comes back after all the years of his absence. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, what do we do with this guy now that he's like no longer a grad student at the college mm-hmm. and he's married and he's now just like a town character. Meanwhile, we've introduced like Wooten as mm-hmm. the new foil to Bernard. And we've yeah. like done all of this other stuff to make, like to fill the gap while Will Ryan's been gone and and now now he's back what's his place and it feels like right they're going through the same thing here where it's like where do we slot Wit into the town is he actually needed did they release the episodes writing off Will Ryan yet I don't know yeah that's I mean I I don't care about New Odyssey at all but I do actually really want to hear those episodes (laughs) and it sucks because I i probably gonna have to pay the money to get them you can do the thing where they like i mean they put like the last 30 days of episodes on like just to listen to on for free online oh that's so when they actually air on the radio assuming that hasn't happened yet you can you can do that oh man that's so scary I mean, I love the show uh, to a certain extent, uh, but I I do not trust what they're going to do with Will Ryan's character. Uh, anyway, um, fear of death aside, I know, I know. What are they going to do about Harlow Doyle? Like, it's such a bummer. Yeah, like the f- what are we supposed to do without him? <laughs> this guy is core to the culture of Odyssey. He, he is. I mean, he goes all the way back. <laughs> Oh, man. There's a bumbling... Yeah, there's going to be a void in the private detective marketplace and the... Yeah, there's yep. just big problems. Wooten's going to have to get a, get a magnifying glass. I, I love to see that, though. I mean, you know, that that is kind of uh, Captain Absolutely or something like that. <sighs> yeah. 
Yes. Just Wooten becomes a superhero to mm-hmm. protect Odyssey. There we go. What a great, what a great show we've created here. Um, so yeah, uh, we, yeah, we just we, Connie and the writers and everyone is kind of grappling with the idea that like wit is less essential mm-hmm. to Odyssey or to the show mm-hmm. as he once was. Like yeah, yeah, both both the town and the show like is not what he used to be and how do we come to terms with that um we also establish here that uh jason um was the no vote Mm -hmm. um and part of the reason for that is that he like misses being a spy yeah he himself wants to go out and experience the new things and have the challenges of being in the field Yes, and he's afraid that, like, he's going to be trapped at Wit's End if Wit leaves, so, like, maybe he should just do the missions thing here. Uh, Connie interrupts again to pitch a season one episode of Odyssey, essentially, (laughs) where she's just like, there's this girl down there, and she wants to go to a rock concert. Yeah, without her parents' Without her parents' permission. Can you come and talk to her? And Wit's like, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, like, what are you saying? Stop. (laughs) You go talk to her. Yeah. You know her. Which is good. I like it. No, no, it is good. And that is the, you know, the correct response mm-hmm. in that situation, um, given the circumstances. But yeah, no, it is it is frustrating. Uh, you know, maybe this is a terrible fanfic idea, but what if when Jack and Wit met and made up, they fell in love. Have we have we ever entertained a whack? Yeah. Yeah. No. No? Not one that really worked. There's so much good Jack and Joanne chemistry. Why would you want to, like, get in the way of that? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get in the way of that. But I think it would be a really fun fanfic to write wit as gay with Jack. All right. Well, you can do that, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. I'll add it to my my notes of all the wonderful AIO fanfic premises I'll never write. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Eugene then comes up and explains that he also wants to take over the missions trip. um, Yeah. That he's been too self-absorbed. Jack runs in, and he's like, I think Wit should go because I don't want to lose Joanne. And everyone in the room is just, like, yelling, and it is a blast. Mm -hmm. And And then Paul Herlinger yells. Yep. And he's like, what is this? A Marx Brothers routine, which is a good callback. Uh, Blackard, I think, in Waylaid in the Windy City. Yeah, yeah. Refers to, um, I think, Wit and Richard, like, tormenting him as a Marx Brothers routine. Lovely. (laughs) Another wonderful example of the show only referencing stuff from, like, 1938. (laughs) Yes, correct, correct. There are no modern references. Wit is eternal. Yeah. Um, And so he... Yeah, he he sends everyone downstairs. They start to talk. He's like, no, 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 don't talk. Just go downstairs and wake and wait. I'm going to come down with my decision. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and he walks down and he's like, look, I do not want everyone here to need me mm-hmm. or to need wit's end. Like, that's not the point. Yeah. That being said, like, I'm not going. And before you can speak, no one else in this room is going. Mm-hmm. 
And Joanne's like, but what about the people in South America? And Wit has just, uh, he says it very well, where he's just like, all of you are just like coming up with logical reasons to go and not actually listening for God's calling. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing we we glossed over at the beginning was that Wit, when when confronted with what was going to happen, it was very clearly like, yeah, no, I mean, this is I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but clearly I'm going to pray and wait on the Lord, yep. and like that's that is where you know Wit has established that is his perspective, and so all of this has happened, and now Wit you know gets everybody to shut up, and he's able to be like, no, you you've missed the point entirely. There's no like, you need yeah. to be called for this to work. Yep. And right, and he, yeah, he just sets it up so well where he's like, I was a hundred, like, I felt the calling so strong yeah. the last time, and I haven't felt it this time, and that's what's been part of what's been hard, and all of you guys have reasons to go, but none of you are actually listening, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, that was just, I mean, that was convicting Yeah, in yeah. like a surprising way that i don't expect from this show and especially not from a phil lawler episode certainly but just like uh yep i being someone who is very like logistics oriented Mm -hmm. reasonable like whatever have a i definitely have a tendency to just plow ahead and Mm -hmm. be like all right i'm gonna like do the things to make this happen because the and sometimes I do think, like, there being a clear and easy path laid ahead is God's calling. Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. But I think that that's not necessarily always the case, and the only way to differentiate that is listening. Yep. You know, and yep. that's that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard to not just act out of, like, right, your internal reasons for doing something into actually like or even your internal moral compass yeah it's like this is something you know i'm a christian this is what i believe i'm trying to you know have my heart molded by jesus and my heart is telling me that this is something that i should do yep and i think that's a good default way to operate Mm -hmm. but i think yeah you also have to take into consideration okay what is god's actual will in this Mm -hmm. and yeah, what what measures can I take to discern that? And I think a lot of times that is having conversations with other people. Yeah. And having them look and go like, yeah, that makes logical sense, but how do you actually feel in your heart? Because that's not mm-hmm. something I can usually get to on my own. See, I would say that I'm kind of the opposite where it's like I can get to the spot in my heart and then I'm like, okay, how do I logically make this happen? Or like, what? Are, mm-hmm. how do I logistically enact this idea hmm. um but you know maybe we should have a podcast together or something yeah uh, no i think that is is really good though as far as the decision making process and yeah like you said it's it is really convicting for me because oftentimes yeah the the idea that i feel like there is a god honoring opportunity that has come my way that i want to take advantage of or something that i think could be really good um, might not be the right thing for me at the time, even though it's hypothetically something that God would appreciate or that w- might bring me closer to him. Yeah. You know, in, in the sense that, like, I, at least for me and my recovery and all of that, like, the the whole turning it over to your higher power is, is less of, like, 
it's less of like how do you make the the decisions that you need to to survive and a lot more of can we actually relinquish control of our actions to something else and be like something uh, like a a frame of mind or a comprehension that is beyond us um and i think that that's yeah like you said that that's where the problem in lies where you you know you are a human dwelling on the heart of god trying your best to interpret and to do the things that you can but at the end of the day you're still a human trying to determine the will of god sure <laughs> so you better freaking listen <laughs> yeah yeah um and yeah then what goes on to explain that there was an idea that like no one even realized yeah. um there there's a solution here um cuz Joanne's like but we got to send someone he's like there's someone who's like already doing work in that area who both like Eugene and I know um which is Dan Isidro of the Cross of Cortez, Cortez fame <laughs> um, lovely not problematic at all <laughs> but he's that he's currently not working with Universal Press but like they they're going to set up a call yeah. and that like He's already on the ground, knows the culture. Like yeah, he's like that is qualified. the exact person who you want in that situation, and he's excited about this. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like well done. Um, that is super cool. I appreciate that being the decision that they went with, as opposed to shipping off an Odyssey character. They, yeah. they they're like, oh no, no, it's you know, have somebody that's actually culturally competent and like called to the area yep. be the one doing the serving yeah and so yeah uh jason they yeah kind of it's kind of like so i'll be here and jason you're free to leave and whatever and um jason's like uh yeah he thinks he's gonna be sticking around real a little longer um and then we get a little bit of uh jack and joanne kind of excited about the fact that they have additional time here um and yeah, they they leave together and they're uh, uh, yeah, just their relationship is moving quickly because they are older and can afford to do that. Yeah, um, what else they got going on? Right. Uh, Wit does refer to Jack as a real smoothie. Yeah, that is um, <laughs> that's not a real word there, my guy. <laughs> yeah, watch out. This guy can be a real mm, strawberry banana smoothie. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I think overall, this is an episode that really does a good job in justifying what is Wit's place in Odyssey. Yeah. Well, and I think it. I, I the thing that I appreciate the most is showing how much these characters have grown in the time since Wit has been gone. And, and, you know, in a show that is, like we said earlier, so keen to allow popping around and everything. And you have so many static characters that aren't necessarily yeah. growing in front of you. This is a really good benchmark episode to be like, actually, no, Connie has changed dramatically, and Eugene has changed dramatically, and even Jason has changed a lot. Yeah, and it does a good job of, I think it's an impressive thing to bring Wit back into the fold without immediately shipping someone else out. Yeah. Because you have the Welcome Home episode where Wit... Like, where Jack literally leaves at the end of the episode yeah, and yeah. then gets roped back. And in this episode, we set up, like, Jason's like, oh, I am now free to leave, but mm -hmm. doesn't. And so, like, we have at least a period of time, and it won't exist forever, but, like, where all of these characters are there and are able to be part of the main cast without needing to do this, like, 
we got to trade one for the other. Yeah. And like it establishes how, like I think even with the Bernard and Connie like doing better with, you know, being the Bible story people and whatnot, like establishes how this show is going to move forward without wit as the absolute center. Mm. Like it is a show that is, it is a show that started out as, the wit show and yeah. became about the town of odyssey yeah and i love that we're able to fold wit back in without losing that yeah well and it's because yeah. it's what makes like it's the part of odyssey that i love the most exactly all stem from wit not being the main character yeah because he's yeah he functions the best as an ancillary role that comes in and provides context or perspective and yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And I never, you know, obviously as a child and up until this point, never appreciated the fact that Paul Herlinger, because he wasn't, you know, a famous voice actor in the same way that Hal Smith was, kind of, you know, influenced their decision to to make the show more about the cast and less about the star. Um, but I think that that's exactly what it needed to. And I think that a lot of the people that don't like newer Odyssey as much would appreciate it more if they reverted to a style more akin to this, where it's more about the ensemble cast. And I think that they do, you know, try and strike a balance with some of the new stuff. Um, like the Green Ring Conspiracy, I think, is a, is a fine example of a of, of a, an arc that doesn't really closely revolve around Wit, but Wit's still very much yeah. involved. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think Wit being here is good. Yeah, oh, certainly. I just think that there, it's cool that he's not that he doesn't need to be in every episode. He doesn't feel like the main character. Yep. They, which is good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is a really cool thing and we get to yeah, we get to kind of have one final note on the wit's end or the return of wit saga in in an, next week we'll get to kind of close this thing out and then we still have more to cover in in the Odyssey Mega arc after that. Um but um yeah uh andrew anything you uh you want to plug this week the the new season of rupaul drag race is almost over and it's been great uh drag race all-stars i've been watching that that has been good would uh would highly recommend if you are into that show um watching this season there you go what about you dylan anything um did we plug asteroid city last time yeah Yeah, we did yeah yeah two two weeks ago but yeah um uh what do i what do i have to plug sour cream donuts (laughs) that 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 feels like an andrew plug more than a me plug but yeah whatever (laughs) sour cream donut holes uh it's the best donut that it's better than any cake donut is 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 its slogan i prefer them chilled Mm, that's a good take I like the blueberry kind. Mm, no. Just a sour cream donut hole. Incredible. So good. Does not taste like sour cream, despite the no, name. No. I, I assume if you're a lactose person, you probably should avoid it. But, you know. You should also avoid this podcast. Oh. No. no <laughs> Just kidding. Mommy, I know you can't have dairy. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, uh, with all that being said, we are done. Uh, We will be back next week with episode 369. It's a wrap. Bye, guys. Bye.